Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'll start. My name is Rod. And I like to party. Do you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? Hey friends, welcome back to the Church Planner Podcast. We're here with uh, our, it's our second week of uh, our interview with my friend, mentor, coach, even, dare I say it, rabbi, <laughs> uh, Sean Blomquist. I don't you're okay with that? Can I call you Rabbi? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. That's why I like it. Um, here, yeah, here's my friend. And uh, Sean is the one of the leaders of the San Francisco Hub for Three Dimensional Movements, which is a disciple-making movement here in the U.S. and around the world. Thanks for being back with us, man. I I love that last conversation. It felt like we kind of carve some new ground and and I think help frame for a lot of guys who are trying to figure out how to do this thing that they can't do it on their own and and that's one of the things I really that's like a passion of mine is to free people from the bondage of feeling like I've got to be the answer to every question as a church planner right and that that's the driving force for me for waking up in the morning is giving young church planners, disciple makers, leaders, missional people, just access to my life and our life so that they can live out the way of Jesus, because that is the way of Jesus. And so that's what I'm, you know, that's what I get up for in the morning, you know, giving, giving leaders access to my life. Yeah, the the Lone Ranger model isn't, isn't the way of Jesus. Absolutely. Have you seen that? You've seen that meme where it's like the real miracle of Jesus was a guy in his 30, 30s who had 12 close friends. You see that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, like the, the miracle of, of church planting networks and friends on mission is that you don't have to do this alone. You, you can yeah. be, you know, in, in these relationships and <laughs> have people pour into you even. Uh, even from a distance. So we want to encourage that. Today, I really want to dive in. My friend Sean has worked really hard at helping frame the disciple-making journey in the the way of Jesus, which is the, the journey to the cross. 
And what he's done is he, he's shaped that in a way around the hero's journey. So that's that's really what I want to talk about the hero's journey for the for the church planter and, and pastor today, and talk about how how do people enter into this this journey of formation, and, and we'll we'll talk about it more. But like every every day is this opportunity to either run away from formation or embrace formation, and it starts with Absolutely. the beginning the beginning of the journey. So walk me through. Um, for church planters, what what is God trying to do in their hearts and lives, and how can they receive it rather than run away from it? Yeah, really good. Uh, you know, this has been this is probably I call it the Jesus shaped journey. But what Mike Breen really helped um, give some language to. He has a great book called Speak Out, and it was very much more about the kingdom and mission. But what I saw in Speak Out is he he used the language of the hero's journey, which is, you know, Joseph Campbell's great book. But it's the it's the it's the real journey that we're all on. And we've tried to make it real simple, but then and see that Jesus actually is the icon of the hero's journey. Um and so it's it's in it's throughout the entire scriptures. But I just began to look at the life of Jesus and saw the Jesus, his the shape of his journey, and said, "Oh, this is the way." When we use Jesus, when Jesus says, "He's the way, the truth, and the life," oh, this is the way he went on this journey, and it's it's right there. It's in everything once you see it, right? And so when I looked at it, it, it has this basic framework, and you see it in Luke. And you see it in all the Gospels, but we'll just use Luke as the framework. And the first thing you see is Jesus' call. So the beginning is call. And it goes call, challenge, completion, right? That's the basic hero's journey at its most basic form. And the call is Jesus' first call to his father. And his father is calling him to himself. And you see that right there in Jesus' baptism. That becomes a very significant part of, that's a significant part of the journey where Jesus is called. His father says, you are my son who I love and with you I'm well pleased. And out of that well-pleasedness and love, Jesus is obedient and is led by the spirit into the wilderness. That's what the beginning of Luke says in, in Luke 3. That's Jesus' baptism, his, his, his call. And what we see there is that we have a good father. Jesus's identity is as a son, and then he's obedient. And we just call that the covenant triangle, the, the identity of us as sons and daughters of God, beloved by him. And out of that belovedness, we are obedient. And so from Jesus's call to his father, he is led by the spirit into the wilderness to be challenged around his temptations, right? And when you when you look at the temptations, the the three temptations, and every most great writers, Scazzaro's got his three words for temptation. Henry Nouwen has his three words. The Eastern Orthodox, which I lean towards in terms of the tradition that mm -hmm. I appreciate at a deeper level in terms of formation has their three words. 3DM has their three words. We use the words appetites, approval, and ambition. Um, Jesus is tested 
around those temptations to obey the word of his father rather than his ego or his false self or his small self around turning rocks into bread, throwing himself down from the tower or taking all the kingdoms now. This becomes significant in formation because all of us are going to be challenged in our formation at a deeper level around those temptations. They are alive and well in all of us because that's our ego. That's our small self trying to hold on to things. And all of scripture in so many ways is talking about do not fall into these temptations. Stand the test and being faithful to the word of God because the father spoke to Jesus. He said, I only do my father's will, right? And so that's the battle always. Will I do God's will in what the father has spoken or will I give into these temptations? Jesus faces that challenge of the devil for 40 days, which is the number for perfection. He's in the wilderness by himself. So there is a solitary part of this where you are stripped of everything. And this is what we call dying to yourself. This is how you learn how to die to yourself. Yourself is these three temptations always at work inside your unconscious. You want to make them consciously paying attention to them. So you see that these three temptations are working in your little self all the time that you die to those things jesus comes out of the wilderness led by the spirit because the spirit's with him through that challenge he comes to completion where he communicates isaiah 61 which is the the year of jubilee and freedom for all captives and Right there, the, the beautiful part about this text of the completion part of this part of his Jesus journey in, in Luke 4 is that the people spoke well of him. They wanted to make him king, all that stuff, right? And then a few verses later, he starts talking about including the Gentiles. All of a sudden, they go, wait, aren't you Joseph's son? They start testing his identity. Wait, no, I'm, I'm the son of God. I'm not just the son of Joseph here. And what do they want to do? They want to kill him, right? Which is... We, we could be, as pastors, we could be great one minute as church planners, and the next minute or people want to, you know, we're the worst possible thing ever. And the text is brilliant because it says that Jesus walked right through them. The key to completion is that you faced your demons in the wilderness, so they have no power over you, and you can walk right through them in the world. You can't walk through them in the wilderness. You cannot walk through them in the world. As you, as you go through it. And that's where I see most leaders get stuck. They get stuck in the pit of challenge and they can't get out of it. And they don't know what completion of the promised land looks like in terms of living out of the resurrected life. Yeah, For me, so, call so, challenge, that's the journey. Yeah, yeah let's say you're a church planter and, and you've said, I'm I'm going to take on this, this journey, this call of God's, God's anointing and offering to, to send me out, which is, you know, that's what Jesus does. He receives his identity from the Father saying, this is who you are. He gets sent out into the wilderness by the Father. And it's, he's like almost driven into it. He had to, he had to receive his call and move into it. And so, so a church planner shows up on, on the, in the field, and they thought that they were going to get things done. But in reality, they're going to be formed, right? 
Like that's Jesus yes. was actually going into the desert. And we don't we don't like talking about Jesus this way, but Jesus had to be formed in like his body had to take the shape of the kingdom by the testing of of the desert. Jesus himself had to become who God had called him to. He had to receive the human being. Exactly. He's a, we make it, if you lean too much on the divine rather than the human, he's both, but you lean too far on one or the other, you don't understand the full humanity of Jesus, that he had to go through this, you know. Yeah, and if as a church planner, if you if you want to have the authority, the spiritual authority to see and to make disciples, you've got to go into the desert. You've got to follow God into the desert and receive the formation in that space. So yeah. so guys get lost there because they they take the call, and then they get they get sliding down the hill of of the journey, and they they get stuck bit. because yeah. because they've got to die to a bunch of things, right? They've got to die to their vision of who they are. They've got to die to um, the mega church uh, that they were trying to build in their head. <laughs> you know, the the uber successful place where they could go without the pain of formation, right? Isn't that isn't that what everybody imagines? Yeah, yeah. We you 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 don't know how much your motives were really about yourself and less about God, and that's hard to eat, you know. And we get to have mixed motives. That's the that's the beauty of it. There's a lot. I look at my early years and I go, well, I'd say it was probably about 90, 90% Sean and 10% God doing this thing. And then over the years, it just it just shifted. But that's because I went on a real journey. And life just teaches you these things if you're willing to submit to that journey. And that's what formation is. And But you have to know that you're really going on that Jesus-shaped journey. If you don't see this journey... Uh, I'm trying to help you shortcut it in so many ways so you can actually see that this is the way. Jesus had to go first. It happens right there in the first four chapters of Luke, you know, and we, if we don't go through this journey, then we, it's to our demise. And everybody's communicating this in some way, shape or form in, in their formational books or, you know, talking about how you actually do spiritual direction around these things. I'm just trying to say, here's a picture that's really simple so that we can actually pass it on and be that as leaders, first for ourselves, then for others. So, so when church planners come to our city and we meet with them, one of the first things I get, I'm, I'm going to ask them is, are you coming to plant a church or are you coming to be a part of the kingdom movement in our city? And for me, this is a especially parachute guys who come from other places. Um, for some of them, they're, they're coming because they're hoping that they can build um, some sort of, I mean, it's an edifice, it's, a, it's an organization, it's, a, it's something to hold their authority and to be a part of the kingdom movement in a city. And what I, what I tell them is, if that church doesn't take off and it's not successful, Will you stay and keep investing your life here because God's called you here? Or are you coming to try to create a job and a role and a place for you to use your gifts? And if you don't receive that, you're going to go somewhere else. Almost all of them tell me that they're, they'll stay, that they're committed. But we actually Absolutely. won't know until they get kicked in the face. Ministry is going to kick everybody in the face. And the guys who get into the pit and they get to the cross, some of them go, I don't want the cross. 
I actually don't want what it's going to take for me to go where God's calling me. And I'm, I'm not willing to go through the pain of this relational torture in the church plan. I'm not willing to fight through the leadership battles that are happening around me. I'm not well, you know, they're, they're just unwilling to go any further because the pain is so bad. And two, one or two things happen. Either they try to crawl their way back up the hero's journey and the other try, side. To find, try to find a different call, you know, like the God, I must've missed it. This is so hard. Yeah. I must've, I must've missed what God was up to, which is one temptation one, two, to dance. say, what's that? The one, two, the one, two dance, step yeah. one, step two dance, repeat. Yep. <laughs> in, out, in, out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just going to, I'm going to start something new because th then I won't have the problems of the thing I've created. Right. Or yeah. they say, I'm going to pull the ripcord. The pain is so hard. I'm going to pull the ripcord on this parachute and I'm going to parachute back home where I'm safe and I'm, and no one's going to ask anything of me and I can, I can get away from the pain of formation. So what, like there's, there's, there's some amount of guys, probably 50 or a hundred guys who are listening right now who are in the pit or they're hearing this and starting to understand their own journey that happened in their own church plant when they pulled the cord. How, how do people enter in and say, I'm going to submit to this journey and how do they find, how do they find their way out? How do they find the spirit in the midst of the pain that they're going through? Yeah. If you look, if you look at the journey, okay, the call challenge completion on the one side, you have to understand you have an adversary. So your battle is really against the adversary and the adversary is the world, the flesh, the devil. So you have to begin by comprehending that the devil is absolutely out to destroy you. So your battle is not against flesh, flesh and blood like real people. It's against powers and principalities. So if you don't understand you're in a spiritual battle that the devil and the world are trying to thwart you, and then your flesh, which is your ego, is actually an adversary too. It's against you because the, the ego wants to stay into pride, self-love, and vanity or appetites approval ambition you that's that's what you're trying to die to and if you're cooperating with the adversaries then that owns you on the other side what you have to decide is i want i need a guide i need a family and i need the holy spirit see if you don't have a community around you as a as a church planter and you don't have a guide to walk you through it because every hero's journey has a Gandalf, a Yoda. You just look at all the great journeys. That's what it was. And so Jesus had the father and the Holy spirit walking with him through this as leaders. We need our mentor. We need a small group of people around us and we need the Holy spirit. So what happens if you don't have your advocates around you, then you're not going to win the adversary battle because you think you're in it alone. So I just tell, I just, I do not, I've never operated without a mentor in my life, with a group of men or in, in my life, cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Those are non-negotiables if you want to make it through the journey, because that's what's, that's what the way is. And you just see it everywhere. So, well, that's and, what and I, would I think, yeah, that that's what I love about the hero's journey is what we imagine is, that Jesus was alone when he went yeah. into the desert, that he was alone and that he was basically just trying to yeah. muscle his way through it. Cause that's how we think is, well, if I just 
grin and bear it and just push through, there will be a time when there's less pain. And that's true. Like on some level, that is true. Level, yes. But but the question is, when when you're in pain, is the pain just pain or is it pain that has purpose? Is this pain yes. that's going to form you? And a lot of times we just let pain be pain instead of letting it actually be a part of how God is is shaping us. And so, and that's so the role of the guy. Yeah, the guy so is there. The, that's what I do with the, guys. Right? In the desert, it's that. it's the Holy Spirit, right? Who who meets yeah. Jesus there and and ministers yes. to him, and then and then the angels come around him and literally like hold him together as he's yes. as he's overcoming the devil. Like that's that's a yeah. piece of it. And and so for us as church planners, it's saying when I feel most alone and when I feel most at at war, at battle, that's not the time to hunker down and work harder. That's the time to pursue community, to pursue mentors, to pursue direction and friends who will help you in the journey, right? Yes, absolutely. Because it's counterintuitive because our pride kicks in, our ego kicks in around the ambition. So we try harder. We, we usually do things like double our efforts rather than go the opposite direction and surrender and look for help. And so those are the things that are part of the formation journey that we're doing, you know, or we're trying to turn rocks into bread where we're trying to force something, you know? So if you don't have a guide to help you see these things that are already going on and name them, that's, that's where people get stuck. I think the other part, which is brilliant in, in the passages is, is Jesus says, I, I, I feed off of the word of the Lord. And that word is not logos. It's rhema. The rhema word is the spoken word of God, not the logos written word of God. And so I'm there as a coach trying to help you discern what's the word of the Lord, the rhema word of the Lord speaking to you in the midst of the of the desert. And there's always clear things that the Lord's saying to each church planner as they're in that challenge phase that they have to see and name. But if they don't have a guide to help them do it, that's where they get stuck and they spend so much time wandering. Well, and, and here's where some of, some of our listeners are going to feel uncomfortable with this next part. But here's, <laughs> here's, here's where we get weird and a little, a little charismatic, and we start talking sure. about we literally have to hear the word of the Father and speak it over one another. Like we need somebody in the journey with us who can say, I've heard from the Father, and this is what I think he might be saying to you, and inviting people to receive it. And if you're coming from maybe a, a more conservative, you know, Bible church movement, you're going to say, the, the Word of God is the Word of God, and it's we need all of it all the time. And you're like, that's fine. But what you really need is God has specific things for you in a moment, and how are you going to discern how does a group of friends discern alongside of you what the God is saying in the midst of your pain? And how do you stay away from your friends like Job's friends, you know, who are like, <laughs> hey, buddy, let's talk about your sin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well yeah. yeah, I mean, the, 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 heart, the difficulty that I run in with some folks around that is I go, before the Bible was written, this is what they were doing. This is how they embodied it. And... Then the written word of God actually communicates the rhema word of God. So let's embrace that. Let's embrace the idea that the written word talks about prophecy and that prophets can come and help. And that's one of my strengths is I God has given me that gift. And a lot of mentors should have it to be able to hear the word of the Lord for others. 
and for for leaders and help speak that into their life. That's why you have that's what you have sages, mentors, leaders for in your life to do that stuff. But that's where trust comes in. So it doesn't have to get weird. It's very, I want to say this is very evangelical. If you want to, if you really want to, you know, it's the word of the Lord, you know, I mean, if you, if you get it. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and we need, this is where I want, I want to dive into a sort of conversation on ecumenism where we need the spiritual formation of the Eastern church and, and of the, the Anabaptist traditions, we need the charismatic to, to remind us of God's holy presence among us and to teach us how to, how to grab hold of the word of God and let it form us in the moment. And we need the, 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 the post enlightenment church that's focused on understanding God and how he's revealed himself in scripture. All three of those need to be present and, and we need, we need to, we actually need each other in that way. I need my, like, yeah. So our, our friend, Matt Hyde, he, he comes from a very Pentecostal charismatic kind of movement and he's constantly helping me hear God's voice and That's, I need it. I need it yes. from him. Absolutely. I think that, I mean, back in the, you know, I'll call it the early days of this is when Richard Foster and Renovari were coming mm -hmm. out and they were the front runners on so much of this stuff. And if we just understand, we, you know, as, we are only, if we come from the evangelical tradition, we are one stream out of the, the six streams. And I just tried to say, hey, how do I embrace more of these streams? Because they're helping me. We only have a part of Jesus. Jesus is the whole ocean, but each of our denominations, our bents are a part of the stream. So I love the charismatic stream, the contemplative stream, the justice stream, you know, all, you know, all of our streams, the charismatic stream, we have to embrace all these. You know, because we have a part of Jesus. Instead of fighting, let's embrace. And that's what Renovari just did such a great job of back in the day, is to help us see those things. And I, I latched onto that because that was great language for me. So I've really appreciated because my spiritual director was East, was really he was an evangelical that was Anglican, and was trained by an Eastern Orthodox, you know, priest. And I'm like, this is brilliant. And so I just taken it and tried to help us on our own journey and help to call it the Jesus shaped journey and really give us a way to have handles on it is really what I've tried to do so that we don't stay in the shallows of, of our faith, but actually have a way to go on this journey. We have to learn how to die to ourselves. So we can that. Well, so, so in, in light of that, my, as I was planting one, one of our early kind of roadblocks that was, really painful it wasn't my own pain it was the people on my team we we brought along many of our dearest friends in the church planting journey and we said come come along with us and help us make disciples and they were people who had experienced our way of life who knew us and they they understood what we were doing and when we brought them into it there was this honestly an unbelievable amount of physical spiritual attack on our team we had our, our son, Theo, had a, a major stomach issue. They had to have a surgery at six months old because of just... And we still don't even know what was happening. God resolved it, but it was, it was this thing. There's one one family in our church. Her, her father died in the year before we planted. Um, There's a 50-year-old who had a massive heart attack in the midst of, of our church planting journey. Um, one of my 
best friends in the world. She's she was 30 years old and was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma like a week after we moved back to and they joined our team. Like it was this everybody around me was in turmoil and pain. And I had pain watching yeah. them. And and honestly at that point I didn't understand this principle that God mm -hmm. was actually shaping them and that the the struggle of of the of the pain of what they were going through was a part of what he was up to. How how do our how do our leaders help people kind of get vision for the the hero's journey, this Jesus-shaped life while they're in the midst of it? How how do they give give that vision? Yeah. You know, this is why I think the um if they haven't gone like if they haven't gone through their own hero's journey yet first, like that same you're you're flying the plane as you build it in that sense. So you're going through it yourself as everybody else is going through it. And that is one of the most excruciating things that we have to go through. And so the, you have to live in the mystery that this, you have to agree with the Holy Spirit that this is the way. Like you have to really understand that the, the battle, suffering, all these things are happening so that, not so that, but that we understand this is what is shaping us into the person of Jesus. The ability to hold together, absorb like Jesus did the pain and suffering of the world. And our, our ability through the spirit to do that without running away, chasing, you know, our appetites or our ego, because it's so fragile, our ability to just go through that, you know, hard pressing as first Corinthians four talks about it a little bit is what is forming our life. And you have to trust that journey. But if you don't have someone speaking it into you, that's older. It's, if it's a bunch of, this is the hard part for us. We're, we're all, but I'm a 30 year old going to plant a church with 18 year olds. And we haven't, we barely suffered at all. But two years in, my daughter is diagnosed with a terminal illness. And I'm like, what? You know? And so you're, I'm immediately hard pressed into that journey of, oh, I, I have a daughter that has a terminal illness that's not been cured. How am I going to, and I just, I've shared with my family of the church and we stayed in and I have a mentor. And they help guide me through that. Again, it comes back to trusting the Holy Spirit, having mentors in my life, and being with real people that I'm in this journey with, and we're not running away. It's how much how much truth and how much reality can I face without running away? That's really what's happening. And settling the fact that God is good. That like you have to settle the fact that this is where God is encouraging you to say, I'm good no matter what. You don't believe he's good when those things are happening. And you have to stay the course on that stuff. That's really what we're trying to work through with people in terms of formation. You are his called child. And when everything looks contradictory, can you still be faithful? So, You, act you actually don't know if you believe it until you've, you've seen the, the temptation to run away from the pain. And you say, I'm going to follow... I'm going to follow Jesus into it and believe that he has something for me because there's only, if you run away from pain, all it does is delay and increase the cost of the pain, right? Like that's, that's the only outcome yeah. there. Well, if you don't, if well, you don't transform your pain in that way, then you'll transmit it on others or you'll transfer it on others. Yeah. You basically say, I'm not going to pay this. So somebody else is going to pay this for me. Or you say, like Jesus, I'm going to step into 
the pain and suffering of this world so that I can receive suffering and give away not just healing, but hope. Like I can say, I have been through the valley of the shadow of death and I don't need to fear any evil because God is with me. I can, I can give a testimony to say that I'm not alone. And, and, you know, you and I just talked about this before our conversation today, that I, I'm starting to trust God because I've experienced him with me in my dark, darkest places. And yep. I can tell people that God will meet them because I've been there. Yep. And that's what authority and power is. That's where authority and power comes from. That's, that's what it is. And people know if you don't have it, and you yep. know that you don't have it. I mean, you know, that's what I realized. I know if you've, I know if you've got it or not. <laughs> well, can, can, you tr can you trust somebody who hasn't suffered? Like un until you know that they have the power to stay can you trust yeah. somebody to be in it with you? I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, if you're able to give that away. That's the question. That is the and question. And you really do. Okay. So, so let's talk about, we, we talked about the call, which is this choice to move towards this like summoning God saying, do you want something different? Do you want to enter in and experience something more? We're saying yes. Mm -hmm. And then in entering into that, we step into the, the pit and we have to go to the cross and die to something that came before because we can't have something new until we die to things that came before we receive the we receive the suffering and then move through it and find new life with mentors and guides who bring us through the journey we get to completion what what does completion look like how does how, how do we how do we take this journey and turn it into impact like how do we how do we live into that new authority that new that new space good, good question so the real question then is is how are we like on the call side it's all about relationship on the challenge you're all about resistance you're resisting your flesh you're resisting the devil and you're resisting the world you're dying to those things then as you come out through it, it as you come through the other side, you are going to be his representative where you have the king who's giving you authority and power like he gave Jesus. So what, what that looks like is you have um, the classic um, hero's journey is you have um, authority and power, which is you have blessing, you have life to actually give to others, that you have a source of life within you that comes through you. So you can't give away what you don't have. And so this is what that looks like. There is a sense of authority and power in, in the spirit where you are able to be generous. You're able to have love. You're able to pour into people and have access. Um, that's, a lot of what it, that's a lot of what it is. And you have people that you're actually able to invest in and give yourself away to. That's really the key. Um, and then that is that can actually multiply because you actually are able to you have enough excess in you to do it with yourself, with your own family, with your people around you. That's how the you know, Mike Green would call it the uh, you have gravitas, you know, which is a great word. Yeah, have, yeah. It, there's just it's, that's the mystery to some extent, you know, what did it mean that the, the Israelites moved into the promised land? Finally, they crossed it. They still had in the promised land, you're still fighting battles. 
but you're not in slavery and you're not wandering in the wilderness. You actually have to have a home. There's a settling of who you are and you're able to, to give yourself away to others there. Hmm. That's a good, that's a good picture of it. And that others want to be with you. You're a safe person in that, you know, they're wanting to be with you and they see that gravitas and they also begin to, experience it and then they do the same they're able to give it and there's a growingness to it that's where things become movemental in that sense you can't fake it it's got to be something that's life that's just people keep gravita gravitating towards you in that sense and that's what they did with Jesus people kept who wanted him kept gravitating towards him because the father would send people that he wanted to be close to his son Right. That, that's what scripture says. You know, I draw people to myself, <laughs> you know, and so that's what's happening. I watch people get drawn to me that I had no. Like, how did this happen? And the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the Trinity are working to send people towards me as I'm living out of that place of authority and power. It happens to you. It feels almost effortless in that sense. Yeah. You don't have to strive or make it happen or perform or anything. It's just, it's the gravitas of the Holy Spirit. Do you think you have, do we have to let people see ourselves, see the suffering and see the formation for them to, because as a leader, we want to pull back and we want it to be in a black box. And then we want to then tell the journey afterwards. Does there have to be access as we're going through it? Um, if I look at the story right, you will be betrayed. Those closest to you will reject you. You will expose your life to them and they will use it against you. They will use your weaknesses against you, all that stuff. And so um, the rooster will crow <laughs> in your own life. And that's how you know that you are in the real journey. Hmm. It, it, across the board, just, and that's been my experience is betrayal will happen and your ability to handle that you've opened yourself up to disciples and people closest to you just like peter just like jesus you know peter and all of them rooster crows they deny them but if you hang in the journey this is that this is also another jesus shaped journey he went through you know the second leg of that journey at the cross and the resurrection, the same journey, right? And beautiful part in John 21, John 20 is Jesus comes back to Peter and, Peter, and Jesus tells Peter, you're going to be led in a way you would rather not go. That is the fundamental journey for church planners. Jesus comes back, reinstates him, and then says, Peter, you're going to be led in a way you would rather not go. And we have to, as leaders, be ready for that journey. That's If you can do that journey and set your face like Flint and not budge from that, you are well on your way. Mm, but yeah. you have to just know things are going to happen. If you're going to protect yourself from those things, then you're at some point in time, you will stall out. That's what I see. Yeah, what we see with Jesus, he gets taken out into the desert. He has the crowds surround him and almost push him off a cliff. He gets taken to Gethsemane. He gets taken to the place of the skull. And at each step of the way, 
if you want to follow Jesus, you can't just follow him to the shores when it's packed with people who love him and adore him. You can't just follow him to the moments of triumph. You have to follow him to the moments of death to self because that's, he's showing us the way to life. Jesus is, the shape of his life is the way to life. And we want to say Jesus's, Jesus's death and resurrection gave us the power to not have to die. Rather, what he says is his death on the cross gave you the power to die and be resurrected. And that's the hope we have as leaders is that the kind of death we're going to experience is not the kind of death that leads to destruction, but the kind of death that brings life, right? Yeah. And those are the two bookends of the Jesus-shaped journey. On the front end, it's the, it's the temptation's journey, but you have before the cross, which is Gethsemane, Father, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. That's that's the second journey that he had to go through before the cross. He had to face all that there. And then his disciples fell asleep and all that stuff. He's all crap. I'm in for it now, you know. And then he goes before the cross, then he's on the cross. He says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. You know, and then completion is resurrection. And so there's before the cross, on the cross, and after the cross. And that's the second journey that he journey that he goes through and we have to understand that in it intensifies you know if we're if we're wanting to go on the jesus shape and we just have to settle that this is the way and that's been the hardest thing for us and a lot of it's because of our theology jesus took our place so we don't have to well that's not true that's <laughs> not true <laughs> yeah not true you know and that's part of our that's part of where we have to you know we have to repent that's not that's not scripture you know yeah i was i was watching so, a movie this summer um it, i hadn't watched it in a long time it's called almost famous it's this movie about a rock band in the 70s and this teenager who gets caught up yeah. in it and there's this uh there's this moment where there's this he's on the road with this rock band writing a story for rolling stones and the lead singer gets on the phone with his mom and his mom says listen you can still become a person of substance. All you have to do is grow up. <laughs> and it's just like, I've been thinking about that line, you can still become a person of substance. And yeah. I think that that's what we all want is to become someone who's, whose life looks like Jesus and has something to offer the people around us, that sort of steely-eyed resolve and hard-fought wisdom, that sage role. But we know that the pathway through that is this work of of transformation and suffering and and becoming. And what I want to say to all the church planners out there is, I know it sounds so hard to choose the path of suffering, but it's the only way that brings that leads the way to life. And so I, I want to challenge you and invite you like this is this is worth it, because on the other side is a deep, deep trusting, loving relationship with the Father that you can only know by walking with him through the darkest places. It, sound, it sounds so counterintuitive, but that's the only way to know that the Father's with you and that the Father loves you is to step into the valley. And you're not alone. There's other people in the journey with you. And so if, if you're in the middle of that, reach out to us on, on Instagram this week and let us know your story. And our team is going to pray for you because we, we care about where you're at. Um, Sean, he, he would love to connect with you in the midst of your journey. Um, you want to give your phone number again as your contact, Sean, this week? We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Number is 925-212-9498.
And if you are a church planter and you don't have a mentor, guide, or someone in your life, just hit me up. You have access to my life. This is what I get up for in the morning. I want to help you access more of who God is and in and through you and just help you on your journey. I mean, that's what that's what I do. I love it. I want to help serve and, and lead you in every way I can as, as a as a guy. Excellent. And I can, I can say that it's, it's made the difference in my life. Thank you so much for your, for your access and for making space for this, this interview, Sean. Um, if you've never been a part of some, if you, if you ask those questions we talked about, um, from Dallas Willard last week, the two questions, what's your plan to make disciples and is it working? If you're asking those two questions and don't know, reach out to Sean or to uh, 3DM and their, their hub. They're great at helping you create not just a program for disciple making, but to be the kind of person who can make disciples, becoming that kind of person. So, so make sure to reach out. Um, if you got questions, reach out um, on Instagram or reach out to Sean. And remember, if you want to reach the people no one else is reaching, you've got to go. And you've got to go to the pit of death and, and go where no one else is willing to go to see God work in powerful ways around you. So make sure to do that. Thanks for being here, Sean. Really appreciate it, man. Well, you times, my friend. All right. Well, we'll do it again. We've got more to talk about. So see you later. Thanks for listening to today's episode. This episode was brought to you by Church Web Builder. If you've been meaning to scrap your terrible WordPress church website, or you just need to actually sit down and make your church plants website, let this be assigned to you. With Church Web Builder's library of church-specific templates and integrations, and the included all-in-one marketing and communication platform, a beautiful new website is literally sitting there waiting for you to take it. Go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER at checkout. You'll get 50% off your first year. Yes, 5-0. off your entire first year. Again, go to churchwebbuilder.io and use the code PLANTER. For more from the Church Planter Podcast, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at Church Planter Podcast and on Twitter at CPlanterMag. We'd love to connect. See you next time.